0: Hey there, my name is John Whitaker, and I want to welcome you to another episode of the Bible in Life podcast. My heart on the Bible in Life is to provide what I call Blue Jeans Theology. That is theology that is just in the language of everyday life, the wears the clothes of everyday life, right? Blue jeans and t-shirts. It's just Bible teaching that's rooted right in the language and context of everyday life with the goal that we can follow Jesus more effectively and more fully in the midst of our everyday life. So that's the Heart of the Bible in Life, and I'm so glad that you're joining me here on this episode. Last week, we began a just a small little series, kind of toggling along with what I'm doing on the Listener's Commentary. And if, you, if you've been listening to the Bible in Life but haven't checked out the Listener's Commentary, the Listener's Commentary is where I teach straight through books of the Bible, basically providing... What a commentary does if you're familiar with book commentaries they they help people understand what bible books are about well i'm trying to do that in audio fashion a listener's commentary and so i'm just now kind of teaching straight through the book of acts in detail over on the commentary and so i thought here on the bible in life i would provide just some snapshots from the book of acts as i do that passages that I think are insightful and helpful and powerful and challenging for us and just offer maybe a little bit more of a reflective look at those here on The Bible in Life. And so this week, I want to look at a passage out of Acts chapter 4. It's right at the end of a particular story, snapshot from Acts. And at the end of that snapshot, the apostles pray. So let me set the context. Then I want to look at their prayer because I think it's really instructive for us. Here's the story that this prayer grows out of Peter and John are on their way to the temple, presumably to gather with some of the believers, not totally sure, but they're going there at the hour of sacrifice and prayer in the afternoon, three in the afternoon. When they meet a man who is lame and has never walked, they end up healing this man, which then causes all sorts of commotion in the temple. A a crowd rushes together, and Peter takes the opportunity to preach Jesus to the crowd. Well, as a result of that, the temple rulers, right, the temple policemen, the temple security force, uh, those who are in charge of, you know, temple experience, temple life, they take issue with Peter's preaching and all that's going on. And so they arrest Peter and John, put them in jail, keep them overnight, threaten them, you know, tell them not to preach anymore in Jesus' name. And all of that you know, leads to Peter and John um, sharing the gospel, preaching with them, holding them accountable for rejecting Jesus and, and telling them that, look, there's no other name where salvation is found except in Jesus and sharing the gospel with them. Uh, They're amazed at Peter and John's boldness and frankness right there and to the very leadership of the Jews, like almost the Supreme Court of the Jewish people. Well, they threaten them some more, tell them don't preach anymore in Jesus' name, and Peter and John leave. That's the story that leads to what I want to look at in this episode here in Acts chapter 4. In verse 23, it says this, When they had been released, they went back to their own companions and reported everything that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So they go back, they tell their people, Man, we spent a night in jail. Here's what they said. Here's what we said. Here's how it went down. They tell them the whole story. and, And then this is what happens, verse 24. When they heard this... They raised their voices to God with one mind and said, and they pray. Listen to how they pray. Lord, it's you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything that is in them. I mean, this is a, clearly an echo of Genesis chapter one, and they're just immersed in the scriptures. And so they they restate God's sovereignty as maker and creator and sustainer of all. In fact, the very word Lord there, when they start their prayers, not the normal word for Lord. It's the word we get our English word despot from. It means like ruler, sovereign ruler, one who's completely in charge. And so they're acknowledging when they pray right from the get go, look, they're, they're issuing threats. They have all the political power and the Authority, they're in charge on the human realm, but you're the sovereign Lord. You're the true one who's in charge because you made everything. And then they go on in their prayer who, by the Holy Spirit, Spirit, through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said, and they quote a passage. From the Psalms, a passage about opposition to God's Messiah, God's anointed one. You, uh, Through David, your servant said, Why were the nations insolent, the peoples plotting in vain? The kings of the earth took their stand. Their rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his, against his anointed or against his Messiah. And then they just apply that to their situation. Verse 27, they say, For truly in this city, the city of Jerusalem, there were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. In other words, he's the anointed one that, you know, we're applying this to here from this psalm. He's the true final, ultimate anointed one, the true Messiah. Uh, there were gathered against him, Herod, Pontius Pilate, other Gentiles, right? The Roman uh, guards and centurions and soldiers, right? Inc- and the people of Israel. When we talk about the peoples in the text, it's the people of Israel. So like... This psalm, they're saying, fits our context maybe more perfectly than it fit its original context. And so in view of this, again, they're just notice how steeped in scripture they are. And they're just praying this scripture back to God. And and they say, so they were gathered together, but they were still under your sovereign control. Verse 28, to do whatever your hand and purpose predestined to occur. So they carried out their evil plans, but you're using it for your good purposes, God. And so here's what they pray. And now, Lord, look at their threats and grant it to your bond servants to speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Because it was a miracle that led to the event that led to them getting in prison and all that, right? Now, that's their prayer. That's their prayer. It's not super long. Oh has recorded here, but man, I think there's a lot of insight for us. Obviously, I've emphasized this reading down through it, how steeped in scripture they are and their their prayer is steeped in in a worldview of the Bible. It's steeped in the language of the Bible. They, They speak it back to God. I think that's important for us in our own praying and to be people who are just saturated with the scriptures like they were. But what really strikes me is what they ask. What do they want? What do they ask God to do? Verse 29, here's their request. All that set up about God's sovereignty and God's in charge and how people are, you know, arranged against Jesus, the Messiah, and, and yet God's using it for his purposes. That's all set up. Here's their prayer request. Verse 29, and now, Lord, look at their threats. That's the first thing they want God to do. Just take notice of their threats to us. See them. Pay attention to them. They're threatening us. Uh, and grant your bond servants to speak your word with all confidence, because their threats were, don't preach anymore in Jesus' name, don't preach anymore in Jesus' name, quit speaking about Jesus, quit teaching the people about right, like, like that's their threats. If you don't, then here's what's going to happen, right? And their their specific request is, Lord, notice that, and grant us as your servants to speak your word with all confidence. I find that fascinating because of what they don't ask for. They don't ask protect us from their threats. They don't ask us, God, deal with them and get rid of them so that we can continue to preach your word. Now they may have felt those things, and who knows, but what they what they asked was, see their threats and give us boldness. It's translated confidence. But it's the word for frankness, boldness, freedom of speech, like that's what they want. They're asking, Lord, give us the boldness and the frankness just to keep speaking your word in view of their threats. See their threats, recognize them, do what you're going to do. You're the sovereign Lord. You're in charge. We know what happened to Jesus and how you use that for your purposes. So whatever happens to us, we're trust in your sovereignty. Just give us the boldness to speak your word, to continue to teach about Jesus, to continue to preach about Jesus, regardless of their threats. Uh, I, I just think that's so instructive to us. So often I think we are praying for protection. We're praying for, you know, God bear much fruit. We're, pr- we're praying, you know, God squelch them and put them down. I know I often pray that way, and I don't think those things are totally bad. But I love the fact that they're like, doesn't matter what they've threatened. God, we just want to obey you. We want to do what you want us to do. And that means we need boldness and courage and frankness just to keep preaching Jesus because they told us not to do that anymore. But you're the one, oh God, who told us to preach Jesus. So give us that boldness. Um, and the, the result is this. When they had prayed... The place where they were gathered was shaken. Some, like, like there was some actual shaking of the place where they were gathered uh, as an immediate response to their prayer. And then look, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Every time in Luke's gospel and in the book of Acts, when someone's filled with the Spirit, they speak. So they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak the word of God with all boldness. Same word translated confidence in verse 29. They went out and they spoke the word with all boldness. They, God answered their prayer and they went out and they spoke the word with boldness. And I I think we can learn from that. Regardless of our context, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of people's response, even doesn't necessarily matter how people respond, uh, may we just be people who obey God. And he said, go and make disciples. And uh, that means telling people about Jesus and preaching the gospel. And and uh, that's something I personally could get better at. Um, maybe you could too. Maybe we could gather together as God's people. And instead of praying against people's threats, maybe we could pray for more boldness just to live for Jesus, love for Jesus, and tell the world about Jesus with boldness like they did. In fact, it was their boldness that God used to change the entire world. Maybe, maybe he might make a little bit more of a difference in our world if we would speak the word with the same kind of boldness that they did. So Lord, give us boldness. Give us the confidence to speak your word in our context, in our time and place, regardless of the outcomes and regardless of people's opposition. May we be people who love, lead, and speak your word with all freedom, with all frankness, with all boldness according to the power of your spirit. Let it be so. Let it be so. All right. If you are a lover of scripture and someone eager to understand the scriptures more fully and more deeply, I would encourage you to check out the listener's commentary where I teach through the book of Acts and other books as well, just in tons of depth with more detail and yet in the same down-to-earth, livable sort of language. And so you might check that out. I'm also working very hard on releasing a companion to the listener's commentary, which will uh, be kind of a paid area, but I'm gonna do it on a pay what you can afford. So if you can only afford a few dollars a month, right, five bucks a month, great. If you can afford more to offset the cost, great. But it's going to be charts and articles and pictures with descriptions and a background material and special studies and links to other resources that I think would be helpful. So that if you want to dig in deep and dive deep into the Word of God, I'm working on that. And hopefully, Lord willing, in the next couple of weeks, I will have that done for you as well. So that's over at the listenerscommentary.com. If you haven't checked that out, you might swing over to there. You can also find the audio on the pod your podcast player as well. So listeners commentary, just search for that in your podcast app. But that extra bonus content will only be found on the website at listenerscommentary.com. All right, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Bible in life. Thanks for your prayerful support. Thanks for, to those of you who support this ministry financially. May God bless you. May he lead you. May he strengthen you for his purposes. And may he glorify his name through you. God bless you guys. I look forward to talking to you again next week.